Chappelle, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick with you to wrap up the last trading day of the week. The question of the day, will we close green in the major U.S. indices? That is the question. We've been um, really choppy these past few months. I was just looking this morning. We haven't the, the S&P 500 hasn't moved in the same direction for more than two weeks in a row since the end of October, early November. So uh, we closed green last week. We are green this week for the moment. Will we stay that way? Who knows at this point? We have the threat of uh, nuclear uh, stuff happening now over there in Ukraine. So that's enjoyable as always. But uh, we got a lot to discuss today. Uh, jobs number at 830. Earnings on our radar. Rob Friesen is going to join the show, and it, it's great to get Rob on because in addition to his market knowledge, he's Dennis's boss. Always good to have Dennis's boss on the show. So smash that like button. Here we go. Your market prep starts right now. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, let's bring Joel on here. Joel, good morning. Dennis, good morning. Let's bring up the charts. How we doing? Uh, Joel, you're on mute, man. Uh, we're down 35s and three quarters handles, 43.23.50. Uh, found a support and interesting place on the downside. You guys can look on your dailies and find that. Uh, crude, that's up 337, 111.04. Gold in the green here by 10 bucks at uh, 1945.80. Silver, too, it's going the same way. Not as much on a percentage basis, but that's up six cents at 25.28. Uh, Bitcoin down 590, just kind of walking its way down, not crashing, but definitely being walked down. Ethereum futures, they're in the red, too, by $79 at $47.24. Uh, two things first. Um, we're, we're way behind on dad jokes. And I figured yes. at this time, uh, Wednesday's dad joke. Yeah. Dads love reflecting on the days of walking to school uphill both ways in the snow. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Lisa's late father used to say with no shoes on. And that they were they were so poor that they couldn't afford shoelaces. They used to they used to just uh, you know do their toes up instead of shoelaces. Uh, dads love saying that's <laughs> never heard that. <laughs> what? They, they tied their toes up instead of the shoelaces. That yeah. was ridiculous. That's Lisa's dad though. Uh, dads love saying a day late and a dollar short. Yeah, but a lot of people say that. And then uh, when you lose something, the Story dads love saying. It's it's always the last place you look. That's the other thing. And I just want to correct Spencer. He said Rob Friesen was Dennis's boss. Okay. That is a correction. I was Dennis's only boss. Okay. You're pretty I, much still you, my boss. <laughs> but I that's never it. left. But, but wait, wait, Rob is the president of Bright Trading. I, doesn't that make him Dennis's boss? But Joel ran the Bright Trading man. Joel, Joel ran the Detroit office, and he was the boss in the Detroit office. We've told those stories when I was a young yeah. buck showing up at 22. I'd be late, and Joel would scald me. 
And then I'd cuss because I had a bad train and Joel would scald me over in the corner. So wait, 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 wait. I was referring to right now, is what I meant. Yeah, technically I would say Rob is my boss. <laughs> All right. There, there we go. The president of bright trading if I do something. Well bad, Bob, if you want to go you want to go above Bob's that. the big boss. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. We have Bob to go is with the Bob. Boss. So All right. Yeah. All right, Dennis. So when you took your, your CFA um, did they have the um, nuclear reactor getting hit uh, no. chapter? In no, there? I no? don't have a playbook for nuclear reactor attack. And oh. I guess the playbook for it last night was sell first, ask questions later, because the S&Ps were trading up about, show this chart from last yeah. night, Joel. This was incredible action. Right here. The S&Ps were trading up about 15 handles. And then all of a sudden, we give it all back, and I was like, what just happened? And then I, um, I see the headline about some nuclear reactor on fire, and I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound good. And then they fall another 20 handles, and then they're like, it's under attack. I'm like, that's really not good, because at first, you know, you think, oh, the nuclear reactor, maybe it's an accident, maybe, you know, a bomb. Now they're saying it was getting hit on purpose. So then they fall another 20, then they fall another 30. We dropped 80 handles in about the... 30 minutes to go from 7.30 to 8 o'clock from when that news hit the wire to obviously, you know, when, you know, that, that stocks closed at 8 o'clock. And that was basically the bottom. After that, they were trying to say, well, it's just an auxiliary building and they're getting in there. And so I don't know. Have they determined if it was intentional? Was it under attack? Has, has anybody said anything? Do we know? I think trying to gauge whether something yeah, is think, yeah, yeah. or not almost is, impossible. is almost impossible. I'm, I'm going to just assume everything is intentional unless – you know what? Actually, no. Even if they said it wasn't, I'm just going to assume they're lying. I'm just going to assume that everything is intentional. Uh, I, I think that's that. a good uh, assumption here with what we've seen so far. I mean, I'm looking at the headlines. Russian forces seize the Ukrainian – a power plant overnight. So now the Russian forces are in charge of that Ukrainian yes, plant. Yes, yes. So power, I guess they were trying to take it, not blow it up. The power plant is online and working. Last yeah. I saw, workers were working at gunpoint is what the headline was. But yeah. uh, they, they are working and there does not appear to be a nuclear, a radiation leak, which is... Which is good news because at 7.45, the headlines were coming fast and furious and they were talking about radiation. They were talking about, yeah. like, oh my goodness, this is going to get just awful. Obviously, we've rebounded from them now that we doesn't appear. It says right there on screen on CMC, officials say no radiation released re, re, release from the attack. Yep. So that's the good news. The bad news is, is that this happened. The bad news is, is that it almost was a disaster and it just shows you what Putin is capable of. So, I mean, every time you think, okay, wow, that the army's stalled and, you know, they're talking, there's a little bit of peace talks and you get, you know, nuclear reactors, you know, mm -hmm. catching fire and you're like, holy, have we just seen the tip of the iceberg of what is going to happen over there? And I mean, that's where the markets from two days ago to, oh, the Fed's only going a quarter party time. Yeah, to two cares? days later, we're worried about Ukraine again. It's what we were warning you about a day early again. It seems like I'm always a day early, but I warned you guys back on the second that when we rallied up um, that I'm like, we still aren't out of the woods here. And then Putin or then Powell came out and did the quarter and set the quarter and we rallied significantly after that. But the dust settles here. 
There's still a lot of things to be worried about. Unknowns. Unknowns everywhere, Joel. And this yeah, is the market I, of unknowns. And uh, I don't know. I, I, this is just probably just my ultra contrarian lifelong thinking. But uh, last no, uh, yesterday, you know, when that news broke about, you know, on the oil, right? And the market started ripping. I was like, am I going to believe that? You know, that all of a sudden we got to deal with Iran from some tweet. I mean, I looked at this guy. The guy had 15,000 followers. I mean, I'm like, okay. I mean, it's great. The market blew through resistance. And that's one thing we talked about is, yeah, it could blow through things in a day. But it couldn't even come. It could even hold that level. So, and then last night, of course, you know, getting the alerts and stuff. And the first thing I'm thinking was, okay. Is there a radiation leak? You know, oh, yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's like your immediate thing. And I'm like, well, I hope not. You know, it doesn't make you want to run out and, uh, you know, get long the futures or, you know, anything like that. But it's just, you know, try and take the opposite, you know, not the opposite, but just, you know, the, the news is so fast and so furious. And when it hits, you know, it, it's bad, but you just got to take a deep breath and uh, roll here. I mean, I. I, I don't know. I mean, but what continues to work? Just simplify it. What continues to work? It's fading every move in the S and P. It's what yeah. continues to work. You rally a hundred points, you're selling stocks. You sell off a hundred points, you're buying stocks. I mean, you know, and it's all relative. But we've said it at the beginning of the year when we started 2022. We said this is the year of chop, and that's exactly what it has oh. been. It's been a choppy mess. The way to make money in choppy markets is to fade moves not to chase moves. So we're going to continue to say it because it takes a long time for some people to figure it out. But, you know, we feel like we've had to figure it out. It's been a very good trading year. I know a lot of people disappointed so far with their performances in 2022. But if you are an active trader, there has been a lot of very good moves. Can they be predicted out further than 25 minutes? Probably not. But, I mean, again, headline traders last night, you know, like on, and they're hitting those things, you know, when you get those unknowns, just like, you know, with pa when Powell said the quarter instead of the half, we rallied significantly after that, that reactor, the algos hit it initially, but they only knocked it to flat. And then there's another 50 candles that fell after that. So, I mean, there are different opportunities, lots of opportunities to trade this market. You've just got to be aware that, hey, you know, when you see nuclear reactors getting hit, if you're long stocks, it's time to hit the exit button. So, I mean, headline is driving, headlines are driving everything. Uh, it's going to be, the, and, and that's going to be continue to be the case. And then at 8.30 today, we're going to get a jobs number. So we're going to get a lot of volatility. We come right back to the interest rate picture, inflation picture. You know, all of that comes back into play. So there's a lot of unknowns here. Again, I'm staying with a significant amount of cash in my long-term portfolio because I don't know how this ends. Putin is, you know, somebody came and, you know, if Putin, you know, peace talks or somebody assassinated him or something like that happened, the market would rally significantly here. But at this point in time, we have no idea how this is going to end. And we don't know if Putin, he has the potential to press those nuke buttons too. So don't kid yourself. There's a risk of everything out here. And as an investor, you got to be aware that there's just a lot of risk. I, I will say the, the importance of the jobs number, uh, if it weren't for the Ukraine war right now, it, the, this today's number would be so critical because it it is, it's the last number before the meeting. However, in light of what's going on over there, 
I think its importance has has been knocked down a few pegs. It still matters, but I, in the grand scheme of things, I don't yeah, know. I'll I, agree I with that. As much. Yeah. I'll agree with that. Um, yeah, it's again, still matters. We'll still watch it. Market was to move on it, but um, they've already said we're going to quarter point. So what <laughs> well, also, even before this whole thing started, we were kind of, I mean, it got one point where who was that one joker that came out and said, oh, we got to go half. And then the emergency bank meeting. Oh, yeah, that was. Um, uh, who was that joker? It's uh, it's, it's always the same guy, Bullard. It's, it's and always- he doesn't even have a vote. He doesn't, have a, Does he, he doesn't have a vote. He doesn't. I don't doesn't think Bullard has a vote. Oh, let's have an emergency meeting. Or always, he's always like, 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 yeah, that guy. Get him on the show, Spencer. We'll rip him a new one. I'd rather not. Do okay. Well, we can try, but I. But they won't come on. He's a smart guy. They're smarter than us. I mean, they. <laughs> you know, these people. But I just don't know. <laughs> they make the right decisions all the time. They're in a hard place. I don't know how. How do you fix this? <laughs> you know, let's take Ukraine out of the picture altogether. Rampant inflation happening here. You jack up rates too much, and everybody's got a housing problem all of a sudden because there's so many bloody variable mortgages out there. Why and so, why? I'm sorry, this is off topic now, but who is getting a, a a variable rate mortgage with interest rates at zero or near zero? Come on, people! It's the people who've had variable rate. Come on, people! Too, though. Look right. at in, in any regard. Interest rates going up is not good, and it hits you eventually. You know, you got to ref- even if you got a five-year fix, Spencer. If you got to refinance, and let's just say you were in a fixed, and you're two years left or you're one year left, maybe it just comes up this year. Now you got to go and refinance, and the rates are going to be higher. Six months from now, they're probably going to be higher. So they know. I mean, interest rates—it's just all economics, basic economics. You start jacking up rates. And the first thing that you know people start getting hurt on is their is their mortgage payment. Yes. So, but you're getting they're getting killed at the pump. They're getting killed by inflation. They're going to kill them on their mortgage payment too. I mean, that's those are all. It's a balancing act the Fed is playing, and I'm glad I don't have that job because you know I understand you know if they go easy, I understand if they hit it hard. I mean, to get on inflation, they got to start jacking up rates. But again, you don't want to send the whole economy into a tailspin. Well, I thought the gas. Prices were going down. That was the whole point of the of, of releasing the reserves. Though I guess we don't have that many reserves. Well, uh, oil prices goes up every single day. We're up here again. I mean, no. you know, you got a nuclear reactor going offline and potentially, and boom, we're up another. You know, what are we up here this morning, Joel? We kissed one twenty yesterday. Where are we on the crude futures? One eleven. Ah, one eleven twenty nine. Did we kiss uh, one twenty, or we didn't quite get there? No, we didn't get there. We got to one fifteen and change yesterday yeah. before. But uh, let hey Spencer, how about this for a mystery chart? How about this for a mystery chart I, I, in this rising rich interest rate environment? Well, no, that's where I can see it's rocket. First of all, okay. Second, yeah. Second, oh well, you how'd you? Because you saw the thing in the data window. No, Joel, it says RKT. It says on the screen. It's the, the oh in the back. Oh, I should have yeah. put it there. Uh, it. <laughs> but but also, there's a very logical reason as to why the stock is running. Um, they're issuing a special dividend. And the ex dividend date is, is 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 Monday, which means which or Tuesday, which means you need to buy by today. Running up ahead so, of the dividend. Yes. Yeah, so we I, talk I, about that. It, it's a one dollar eleven cent special dividend. Did they yeah. do that before, or is this the uh, the initial one that they talked about? Um, I guess this is just the initial one, right. huh? I don't know off the top of my. Head. I think this was, and this was obviously found out a while ago here, so just running ahead of that date. I, I again. You know, you got to look at the environment that you're in. You know, is everybody going to be running to refinance when interest rates are going up? So I just think you're not. Well, in some the people have to. 
you're getting RKT as more of a relief pop and probably a little bit of a short squeeze than anything. So okay. every time it's rallied up, it's been a selling opportunity. Running up for a dividend, I would say, is probably a selling opportunity too. But Oh, I'm sorry. I said $1.11 is $1.01. All right, whatever. It's a around bump. a dollar. It's got a bump. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so it's running up into that. So that's why Rocket is doing what it's doing. Um, Where else did I want to go here? Let's go to earnings here we, we got a uh, a number of kind of the last big day of the earnings sure. season here uh you got a number of big reports overnight biggest report in terms of just name is costco um so i it's like it never really moves a lot off its reports maybe um, it, it did last night i guess it got down to below down five. went up yeah i guess yo-yo at all, all, right. all right i guess so you that's got, a 500 stock. you got me there eps beat $2.92 versus a $2.73 estimate. Uh, sales beat 51.9 versus $51.37 billion. So beat and beat. I feel like they always – let's go look at the calendar. This, they always They always beat. Hold on a second. Let me just get this. They always beat. Let's let's take a look, see at Costco, and go back a few years. Let's just say – yeah, uh, yeah. They almost always they beat. Always they beat. almost always beat. They so, do. Wonder what their average ticket there is. You know, like the it's average. Big, oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's big. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to be like I'd imagine over a hundred bucks for sure. Oh, oh, oh easily, easily, easily. Yeah. You, 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 uh, can't, you can't get out of there for less than a hundred bucks. Yeah, that's true. Um. Well, it had a great run up, so I was like, Phew, you know, so I wouldn't have been chasing that thing when it got over five forty-five. Actually, the pre-market high got all the way. Well, I mean, it's out of play now. Five forty-seven ninety-nine. What was this high here? Was that in that area? Nope, close to five forty-eight thirty-seven. You know, it's been down. It's not out. I my focus number for the day would be five twenty. And you had a pair of lows there, uh, 1919 and 1977. So it holds there. I think the, the bulls are still in control. I don't know if it's going to hold there. Uh, bottom of yesterday's range, 29.54. If you're looking for a gap fill there, but uh, and I think also is the market. If you get more bad news and everything, that 520 will be shaken, and not much after that. Triple D, any thoughts on that one? Vinny actually went into the report, and I guess that's where this is from. He he says uh, $114 is the average on an average of nine items per trip. I guess pretty good. hundred bucks. Me, you made fun of me. Is that Canadian? Pretty dang close. No, I was I was my guest Canadian, so it actually was no. so that was actually only guessing like seventy five bucks then. If yeah, I was yeah. Canadian guess. Whatever. Close Next. Next. Uh, big, fun of me. Let, let, let's go to the big movers here this morning. Funko is your big gainer. Uh, up six. I forgot about wow, this. Wow, Funko exists still. Yeah, it's wow. up sixteen percent this morning on oh. their earnings beat and guidance raise. Fun. Yeah. I don't know what to say. This stock's actually been held up pretty well. I don't follow the company at all. What do they do? I don't even know what Funko does. They yeah, must have do. fun. They make toys. The toy maker, Funko, of course. I know nothing about this company, but it's held up well. Big resistance up at 20. We're going to open up through that. Let's see what happens there. See if we can hold over 20. I took it all away from Joel. Hmm. No, because I'm looking at the monthly chart and it means absolutely nothing, right? Yeah. And well, the pre-market it? high, just use that, 2150 uh, 
early range here, 82,000. Looks like a little bit of support here at 2050 and resistance at 2150. That's that's it. That's a it's a funky looking chart there. So ha. I'll leave it at that. I see what um, you did there. The gap was your big gainer in the morning. It, it is no longer. It's come off. Ah, I know. I saw that up like that. Dennis, you had to yeah. pop that, didn't you? I tried to short it, and then I got yeah. run over a bit. So I was like spooked. <laughs> it went from 15 and a half to 16 and a half. And I think it ended up in 17 or close to 17. Again, sell the rip works, but yeah. you got to time it right. I was on that big first, so what do you call it, color? Cyan? What's that Just... blue color? Yeah, um, cyan. I always ask. I don't know. Uh, I'm calling it cyan, and yeah, I got caught in that cyan candle getting trying to get short too early. You need to wait until it stops going up and then try to figure it out. So I fourteen, fourteen fifty. That was the area of three highs. So hold your fourteen fifty. That's seventeen cents or seventy cents away. So you hold that. I think you still, you know, still chance to go on the upside if you're looking for a gap fill. Right now, we're trading at fifteen twenty nine. Not much there. I mean, if they want to, if they catch a bid and they jam it, I, I can see maybe getting a look at sixteen in this. Uh, you had an exact pair of highs at sixteen seventeen and sixteen eighteen. I might be out there at sixteen if I if I had the stock long instead of trying to get that sixteen sixteen or sixteen seventeen and must hold fourteen fifty on the downside. I mean, it's a good quarter. The earnings beat. Guidance was good, so I don't know. It, but it also it's the gap, so it's like you really want to be buying chasing the gap. Um, uh, yeah, I used to get the. I used to. The, the, the there is a um in the town. I think I've mentioned this before, but in the, in the town I grew up in, there is this very sad, uh, strip mall shopping center area. And the gap was like the last holdout. Everything else was closed. <laughs> Party City, gone. Uh, whatever Halloween store was there, gone. The gap was like the last holdout in this sad, decrepit strip mall. And then finally the gap closed. And then it was, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it, took, it took years, though. For the, they were fighting. They're yeah, fighting, they're fighting the gap. It was so sad, man. I, I sported a lot of, I mean, this is talking 70s now and early 80s i used to get a lot of i mean that was a big deal man go to the gap and get yeah Yeah. i i i I never went shopping but i know gap stuff would show up in my closet for my wife so (laughs) yeah yeah. and and, yeah i think i have a gap shirt i got some gas i don't think i have any still you don't have any still dennis i don't throw clothes away oh yeah i got old no way you gotta you gotta start getting rid of stuff no, as no, as Hassan points out, I mean they own Banana Republic, which is pretty a pretty good store. I like so yeah, but also you know it's the gap. Stock speaks for itself. Let's move on. Um, what else do we have here? Marvel and AVGO. We could do them together. These were the two oh, broadcast. Yeah, I mean MRVL. I own MRVL in the long term portfolio. Full disclosure. Um, it really chopped up on this report. It got know. hit, then it rallied. Now it's getting hit. They don't know what to make of it. What were the numbers? No, yeah, the Broadcom numbers were good. I'm just so like right, MRVL. Oh, sorry, MRVL. That's where you were. All right. Yeah, uh, I went to that right. one first. Right. I own it. Uh, the Marvel numbers. Let me look at that one. Uh, EPS beat by two cents. Sales beat by a little bit as well. Smidge. Uh, EPS guidance for the quarter was in line. Sales guidance for the quarter. Uh, we'll call that in line. I'm just so scared because you never know when they're going to come out and say like that the shortages are worse are getting worse or not getting better, you know. And then I get it that they they're they're selling everything that they get they can get their hands on, but all they all they got to say is that the problems aren't getting better, and then it's then it's then that's that's the last thing you need to hear. 
Oh boy, where are we trading? Sixty-four twenty-three. Yeah. All right, uh, down ninety-seven cents. I mean, I just like, did we get over sixty-eight fifty on that pop? No, we were really chopping up. Yeah, so, a lot of resistance up there. You're right in the whole right there. Area. I mean, that's four bucks away too. Yeah, and now you're breaking down here. Uh, we were trying to stay green. Then it got the nuclear reactor, and then they hit this too. So it was actually trading the green around seven thirty, and then everything got hit. I remembered the Gap jingle from the seventies. Oh gosh, what? I'm not going to sing the jingle, but it was the, the fall into the gap. Remember that? I don't want you to sing it. No, I don't. I don't even Hum know it. if I could sing it. No, we'll get in trouble for copyright. Right. Oh yeah, we gotta have permission. No, nah, we won't. We'll be okay. All right, it oh, is, I'm not gonna sing it. It anyway. is eight, four minutes till the job. Yeah, I was gonna say it's eight twenty-five. I'm leaving you in two minutes because I gotta be That's off grid fair. just in case this gets crazy. And I imagine we're gonna see a lot more chop again because that's what we do in this market. It is gonna be a chop fest again. The question is, you know, I don't know if there even is a question of chop. It's going to be a fake out to the upside and a fake out to the downside. Yeah. It's definitely not a play to chase during these numbers. I'll say that much. Uh, what did, do you want to do? Uh, what, 825? You want to oh, do? Oh, yeah, wait. Let's just do like one more. I oh, we didn't do Broadcom. Oh, yeah. Let's do AVG. Yeah, sorry. It's It yeah. was trading up the whole time on the report and it really held the game. Yeah, so. the numbers were good. The They're are... always good. Broadcom just—it's a good, and it's actually val reasonably valued too. Like you think a six hundred dollars stock has got to be overvalued, but it's always been a reasonable valuation on this thing. Two point seven four percent dividend in the boot too. Value stock. And hey, that's all you need to say. Value stock, baby. It was a value before all that got ugly in the afternoon. Value was having a fantastic day. Warren was so hot in the morning, making new all-time highs again. Getting up to 329.47 on Berkshire Hathaway and Kathy, the exact opposite. Oh, not. They hammered high growth all day. I don't know what to say. It seems like every time high growth starts to look like, hey, you know, maybe we've got the potential for, you know, a bond to be in, they just start hammering it again. So you're going to retest the lows, it looks like. Well, maybe not quite, but, you know, 60 on ARKK, we're 62. I think the 5750 is safe for now, unless you know there's more escalation overseas. But I, I don't know. Maybe maybe you just keep buying the dips, selling the rips. Like so, I sold some of that square. Remember two days ago, I saw on the show 127. It's 112. I mean, I'm gonna get back at 100 here. It's probably gonna fill the gap eventually. So I don't know. You just gotta take the profits while you got them. It's this type of market. Yeah. All right. uh, Broadcom, I just looked at that. Uh, worst symbol change ever in the history AVG. of the world. Uh, and I'm just looking. We're up. We're up nicely. I just look at this. The 600 to like 615 area. I mean, if you could, you know, I just feel there's sellers out there. I, and and if, But if it could chew through there, keep going, you know, maybe 620 and change, but just the fact you had a big down day here, people got caught, the people didn't know what to do, then you got back near 600 and people sold. You got over 600 and people sold. Same thing here. So, will that trend persist in, in, a, in a rough tape? Uh, we shall see. Alright, Triple D, we'll let you uh, get I'm ready. I'm going to be back at you hopefully sooner than later, unless the number is absolutely crazy. So, I'm going to hide in the trade cave. I All right, uh, Joel, bring up the S&P futures here. Uh, as far as what to expect, uh, you always see 
a variance of estimates, different numbers. I'm going to say if we get a, uh, a non-farm payroll figure of anywhere in the 400 to 444,000 figure, anywhere in that range is we can let's call that in line because I've seen as low as 400 and as high as 440. Unemployment uh, 3.9% is our bogey. That's what that's the expectation. 4% was last month's reading, so they're expecting it to fall by 0.1 percentage point here. So again, uh, non-farm payroll is anywhere in the four to 440,000 range. Uh, recall that last month's reading was all the way up at 467. So you also want to see how do they adjust that because we've seen some wild adjustments here in the last few months. Uh, as it relates to e economic data, it sort of makes you not want to take them super seriously because if they're going to adjust it crazy. Yeah, next month, you don't know what the hell you're looking at, right? Exactly. So what I'm going to do <laughs> is I'm actually going to bring up the Benzinga Pro squawk, and I'm going to let Charles or oh, nice. whoever is nice. squawking for us right now, I'm going to let him read the numbers to you. As oh, you know how to do that, Spence? What? Yeah. We've never brought Charles squawk in before, have we? Uh, we? We've brought him once or twice we have, I think. So, so the squawk is on right now. Uh, when he squawks it, you'll you'll hear it. You'll hear it. So. And I'll be uh, looking at the price action. I'm, I'm looking at 29 on the upside, 43.29. I can't tell you why I'm looking at that number, or else I'd have to kill you. Um, on the downside, <laughs> it's tough. 83.50. You know, there's your low. Okay, they're they're non farm leaning. payrolls. There we go. Uh, plus six hundred seventy-eight thousand consensus was plus four hundred thousand versus January plus four hundred eighty-one thousand. Oh, oh my gosh! Six seventy-eight private sector jobs plus six hundred fifty-four thousand consensus was plus three hundred seventy-eight thousand. Wow, uh, Tony! You know, Tony, I'll address your comment in in, in a second. Um, that's that's a big beat, Joel. The futures getting a pop here. Oh, Joel, take us away, man. Well, uh, it made quick work of uh, that forty-three twenty-nine. Uh, we popped up to forty-five, and so the first is like it's great. The economy is chugging. People are working, and they're getting higher wages, and they're going to be spending money. And they're happy about that, so they jack it up to forty three, forty five, and then a little bit of just like, well, oh boy, now inflation's really hot, right? Uh, so we got to cool down in this economy. So that they, they went with the headline number, uh, they liked it, they lifted it. Oh, man, I'm not seeing the banks though. I mean, to me, this is a kind of a pro inflationary number, along with everything that. Uh, Everything else that we have going on. Wouldn't you say that, Spencer? Well, well I, I like uh, whose comment was that? I like Tom's comment in the chat. Yeah, I mean, screw a half point. They just go. I'm sorry. Screw a quarter point. Let's just go a half at this point. If the economy is kicking like this, but uh, that that's your biggest number. Is that since October? Oh no, since July. Oh, barely. That that not that that jobs number is um, our, our highest number since July. When we gained 689,000 jobs. Wow. So, just to recap, 678,000 non farm jobs added last month and unemployment down to 3.8%. That's a beat on both on both fronts. Um, oh, here, here, here's what's puzzling me. If no. this is such a, such a bad number, or, you know, whatever you say, bad, good. I mean, why aren't the banks catching a bit here? I mean, if this I, is an inflationary no, thing, 
I this is to me there I don't know and there wasn't no crazy revision or anything where uh for the other months right everything just seems oh, strong across the board that's interesting that average hourly earnings didn't rise at all yeah. oh that is interesting okay there had to that might yeah. be the the is, is that the first time we've seen average hourly earnings not rise it, it, since we've mm-hmm. been in this weird job cycle where there's more jobs than there are workers. Um, do you you asked about the revision? Uh, yeah, the prior reading, the uh, July's re, sorry January's reading was revised from four sixty seven to four eighty one. So you can call that within the margin of error. So not a crazy revision there. On the, from from January's non-farm payroll, so nice. All right, so I guess I I, I stand corrected. These stocks aren't moving. I mean, these banks are not. No one, it, no one's. Is that right? I mean, look at this J.P. Morgan. No one is trading this J.P. Morgan off this, and and uh, in Bank America is still in the still in the red. So that doesn't doesn't make sense. What's uh, the TLT doing here? TLT is up robustly. I, this is confusing. I, I, we'll have to see what Triple D has to say because these banks could care less about it. And the TLT, where you think this is something that's implying, you know, hotter, higher inflation, except for the except for the wages. But All we right. rallied, right? I, Everyone I, forgot about a nuclear war for a little bit. And Nick uh, Copa for me, I I did not take that ADP number from Wednesday seriously. It was a big yeah, beat. you're right. It was a big beat on that number. And it was like, oh, ADP, big beat. What does that mean for jobs number? And I said, no, these numbers don't always correlate. But in this case, they very much did. So uh, big beat on the uh, ADP print in Wednesday. And turns out, in hindsight, that was a hint for today's number. Uh, wow. what a, it, it was a very, very big report. And, Tony, to answer your question, we did not – Take Charles off Think or Swim. Think or Swim took Charles, took Charles off Think or Swim. Or swim yeah. uh, unfortunately, so if you want to hear Charles, the only way to hear him now is go to Ben Singer Pro. That, that's the reality. Yeah, so. yeah. Chuck, Chuck doesn't like us. He doesn't like us, uh, young uh, new generation of investors. <laughs> Charles Schwab. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, not a lot of movement. I mean, you, you're seeing tech. Uh, yeah, tech is yeah. popping a little bit off that. Like the keys. Stocks are stock like they're they're not. They're not bad. I mean, they're right now. What I'm seeing is the stocks are just not. I mean, I see AVGO, but that was up, right? Anyways, so to me, the stocks are, are, are they're not buying this. They're they're not buying this. This job number is good for the economy. I think you got. I think you just got other things going on that people are more concerned about. I mean, Austin Goolsby can, you know, say what he wants, but I just think there's such a much bigger macro picture out there. That people are concerned about, they used uh, that little pop <coughs> to lighten up. Yeah, like, yeah, you're still worrying about the nuclear war, so like we'll take this jobs pop and we'll sell it. You know, yeah. like I think that's where traders are leaning towards, and that's why they're not buying the stocks. So yeah. if they don't start buying the stocks soon, the spy, this buy is going to start leaking. Yeah. So um, we we rallied we rallied up a little bit, obviously, but we've leaked a little bit of those gains back. So. But you're right, Joel. Stocks are sitting there, not really moving too much off this. They're saying, no, no, I'm just too many other unknowns. I'm going to worry about that right now. So, yeah, um, I would, I would have liked to see the index go green there, you know. And I think that's going to. be... I don't think, and maybe you know, it's gonna, you know, we're still really choppy here right now. But I think it's just too much concerns over there in Ukraine today. So we're traders. We're using that opportunity. I know I sold some spy into the rally just a few minutes ago. I sold some at forty three 
435. But yeah, I don't know. It's a good job. It'll be right back up there in a second. But um, I just think you got to be, you know, you get a little opportunity for it to go up a little bit here at this point in time. You got to be lightening up. All right, it is eight thirty-six. Let's bring on Rob Friesen uh, from Stock Odds and the uh, president of Bright Trading, and he's here with us now, bright and early. Rob, good morning. Good morning. How we doing? How's it going? It's going well, Rob. That's uh, one hell of a fancy shirt you got on today. What's yeah. uh, dressed up for the show? Yeah, man. Don't oh, you? Oh, is, uh... <laughs> is that? Uh... Not to be done. Um, should I just, uh, you know, no, you, no, Joel's, got, look, Joel's got a fancy shirt on too. So hey, hey. Nobody gave me the memo. I got I'm wearing the a collared shirt. I wanted the fancy shirt day memo. I have a fancy shirts. People think all I have is beer t shirts. I have fancy t shirts too, or fancy shirts. It's a nice shirt, Rob. We'll give you that. Nice background. What's up? What's up? Yeah, what is up? What's going on, guys? Nothing today. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah, <laughs> a couple yeah. stocks, but again. So, Rob, let's just take it to, you know, the big macro picture here. And obviously, there's a lot of traders at Bright Trading that you oversee. I mean, you're looking here. We get this nuclear reactor gets hit here overnight. Futures are getting hammered now. They've bounced back a little bit here. You know, give us just your thoughts on the overall macro landscape right now. Well, I mean, with with the fog of war and all the stuff that goes on, it's going to be uh, hard to, you know, get it right play by play and you're going to constantly have news coming out. So you have to focus on the bigger themes, right? What are the bigger themes? Well, we've got kind of an interesting scenario with the dollar, uh, really maintaining strength and gaining strength along with commodities. We really have a super cycle in commodities, which, which even before this war was sort of called for that, you know, as we enter 2022, there was more of a commodities uh, backdrop. So um, we're getting that super spike in a lot of, look at, I mean, wheat's up 40%. Um, you know, it, it's across the board. There's so many things, but you have the dollar going up as well. So imagine that the dollar were declining. Usually commodities uh, prices go up as the dollar declines. So you can imagine that uh, even, you know, with this super cycle, if the dollar starts to pull back, that just means there could be still another leg up on the commodities. So uh, I mentioned uh, on one of my shows with Joel there, uh, you know, that we're probably going to 147.27 on uh, oil. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, maybe even Maybe even break through that high. That was from 2008, right? So, Rob, so uh, the, uh, just going back to the dollar here. So you think the rising dollar is buffer, you know, buffering the, the inflation or adding to the momentum of it? Well, I mean, you're you're certainly exporting inflation to the world with the rise of the fee, uh, you know the world's reserve currency. Um, so, you know, things are, things are going to get pretty precarious. Um, you know, I, I, I agree with Dennis on this, you know, we're not, we're not going to be just sort of out of the woods on this, uh, event, uh, even if there was to be, um, you know, some resolve, maybe some negotiations that, you know, settle things down. I don't know what can happen that's on the good front, but, um, 
we've got a lot of a lot of problems that have been created here. Um, you know, here, here's an example. Um, you know, the Europeans have to deal with the energy problem. And so they're going to South Africa for coal. And, you know, there's going like, are we like we're going backwards in a, in a lot of levels, right, <laughs> from what should have been happening. We should be, you know, more uh, embracing of the environmentally friendly energy and things like that. And here we are rolling back to, you know, getting coal to solve some needs. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of systemic issues in this whole thing uh everything from banking to um you know energy uh and to think that it's going to resolve itself like that yeah this is a big one right so i agree with dennis on his trade this morning um you know these are the things that what i've when, it, when i've been working with traders i find that they uh, they overweight what is happening instead of asking fundamental reasons behind things. So for example, when things start to go up, they want to automatically buy and embrace that sort of, oh, well, the sentiment's changing, things are going up, so I'm gonna buy. And they often they often get whipsawed because they're buying a new high. And um, instead of going, well, you know, what's really going on behind the scenes and looking for those opportunities to provide liquidity to people that are speculating, you know, to that, that's why the opening trade often works good. Like yesterday, we we opened uh, higher uh, and we pulled back from that. And some of the some of those prices, the the open can be the, the high of the day. You know, yeah. people, people just overpay all the time. And so I think what bright traders have have really done over the years is sort of. Um, you know, looking for that fundamental reason why things are doing what they're doing, um, even even for, you know, different signals and different indicators. It's it's not sort of taking it at face value, but but really getting into the weeds in terms of why do people, you know, see something in this signal? Why do they buy at this point? I don't care what you're using. You could be using bull flags. You could be using, you know, candle hammers. You know, you could be using whatever. But but why does the event occur? And, you know, what happens when it fails? What happens when, you know, people take these breakouts and speculate? And uh, so I think they've done a really good job at sort of trying to understand the fundamental reason why there's patterns, why indicators work if they do at all, um, and kind of framing everything by how can I get in there and provide a service to the market, you know, provide liquidity at certain times, um, you know, facilitating, if people are greedy, you know, maybe that, that's the best time for us to be fearful. When they're fearful, maybe it's the best time to be greedy, but why? And, and what happens when those trades fail that these guys are taking? So that's why the, uh, the pre-market, you get a lot of outliers. That's why uh, at the open, um, they often either sell it at too much of a discount or buy it at too much of a premium. And these are real opportunities. And trading that first half hour of the day is, 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 can be very generous, but it's how you trade it. I think you're making a good point in that just going back to traders tendency to overpay. And I think there's a huge opportunity 
um, for all traders to, you know, identify even in yourself when you're like got the FOMO going and I've got to get on this. Oh, this is going up. I mean, I've had in the last 24 hours, probably a half dozen traders reaching out to me on wheat, you know, and we see, you know, that's been blasting off and the commodities are taking off. They're like, I got to get into that. So even in this environment where, you know, there's a lot of stocks getting beat up and everything, the FOMO still exists. It just moves and gravitates into what is hot right now. And then all of a sudden, you know, it'll pull out of that and then it'll move into something else. I mean, how do we break that natural human tendency, especially well, the newer traders? How do you break that natural human tendency to just chase moves? You got to have you, you have to have a discussion with yourself and, and set some ground rules. And, and it's like um, we're going to we're going to be subject to to that sort of temptation all the time of, of, you know, fear of missing out um, or fear of loss. We're going to be affected by that. So we're all plugged into this, you know, collective Borg. And, and when the markets, you know, start to move, we all feel it, but it's how you respond to it, not how you react. Cause you can react very, it's, it's how you respond in a sort of premeditated way. And that is we have to realize that this year is going to be, probably sustained volatility to some degree, not always spiking to 30 or 35 on the VIX or whatever, but I mean, still elevated, um, you know, volatility. So there's going to be lots of chances for you guys all through the year. So what is going to be your response to, to these moves and to the, you know, the missing out fear that you have? Um, you have to, you have to plan for, Hey, if I believe, like, if I have a, a stance, a position that I believe that oil is going to continue to rise, okay, and my, I said to my, my target is 2008 high there, right? So if, if I have that philosophy, if I have that belief, if I have that hypothesis, then how do I want to approach it? If oil's you know, if oil's up 5% for the day or 10% or, or, you know, Chevron, for example, is up, you know, wildly at up 8% or 10%, is that the day that I want to buy it? Do I want to chase it? Or do I want to have a framework for, hey, suddenly the market's opening down and most of the groups are, are opening down. You know, let's say you had a big move in the bonds. Um, you know, you could still have utilities you know opening down when maybe they should have opened up or you could have you know financials opening down when maybe they should have opened up you could have oil opening down when maybe it should have opened up if you get that scenario that's when you want to think i need to be a buyer here because that's in keeping with my long-term goal my hypothesis and i get to buy it today at a discount and I can't say enough about having run the scenarios of how do I hedge off to sustain or maintain my position if I, I don't want to be shaken out by the noise and by the volatility. So volatility is your friend, but predictability is essential before volatility. So you have to understand the relationships. How are things connected? Joel, you mentioned uh, when I first jumped on uh, and I heard you, uh, I was in the background, you were talking about TLT. I mean, you have to understand the relationship between 
when things move, what are they supposed to impact? And like I said before, with the dollar and commodities, normally the relationship is if the if the dollar rises, commodities tend to pull back. If the dollar sells off, commodities tend to rise because of that inverse relationship. But we're not seeing that right now. We're seeing the dollar going up and commodities going up, mm. which means essentially that that relative strength is even greater than perceived. Um, so, you know, keep that in mind behind all this. Um, Rob, before uh, I want to, we got a couple of minutes left here. Um, I just wanted to ask you a couple couple questions here uh, about stock odds. Okay. And um, you don't, you, you could do it at a retail broker as well, right? If you have a, a large enough account, right? You had to get around a pattern day trading rule. And the reason you need a, a larger account to get around the pattern, because you're doing, you're doing buying and selling. You're, you're doing, you know, long and short. You're looking for different inefficiencies. So uh, I wanted to, I wanted you to comment on that. And then also we, um, you have your six pillars of trading, and uh, I want to have you on a few times here over the next uh, few weeks. And uh, I want I want the first pillar, number one. I want you to talk about where you can do stock odds at, and then let's let's you know let's start on the six pillars of trading and uh, start with number one today. Well, I mean, uh, they're not necessarily in any particular order. It's the six pillars are going to shift a little bit in terms of what is the dominant theme. Like when we came into January, we saw all of a sudden Warren Buffett, um, you know, coming out of the woodwork everywhere in terms of the value proposition. Fundamentals were really important. They were selling the high PEs. They were buying the low PEs. And that was just completely obvious to anybody who's, who's traded. Um, so that pillar was obviously more important. And so what we did you know, in with stock odds is we simply did pre-screening uh, of fundamentals to create your universe of these are the stocks that I would like to buy based on fundamentals. And these are the stocks I'd like to sell based on fundamentals. And then we took those and put them into stock odds to get the statistical uh, aspect, which is another pillar statistics um, to say, okay, this just sold down to penetrating the lower Bollinger Band. Well, here's the thing about stock odds. It tells you what is expected after it penetrated the lower Bollinger Band. So we had a move down, uh, say even on a value proposition stock, move down, penetrated the lower Bollinger Band. St statistics tell you what happens next on average. And that's really important because a signal, an indicator, you know, a standard deviation move, whatever it is, is only a data point. And if you're making decisions on that data point, you're only partway there because unless you know statistically what happens next, what happens next in the next time frame? Maybe it's open to close. Maybe it's three days out. Maybe it's five or 10 days out. But whatever is, is behind that, you need to have a framework for what are the odds, what are the, what is the average performance expected out of that signal or indicator or data point. That's what's key. And I find that so many technical traders are making decisions based on a pattern or an indicator, but they really don't know 
the substance in terms of how often does this trade work? What is expected out of this trade? Right. So that's where stock odds comes in. So that's one of the pillars is the statistics that go with a whole variety of indicators and data points and things like that. So, yeah, we can certainly discuss more and more of this. Um, and I think bringing it all together is to be a mature trader is well-rounded in the macro, the technical, the statistics, uh, the historic relationships and connectivity of everything in the sentiment because the market is voting all the time. It's not necessarily weighing things equally. Um, and then, of course, the news and macro. So you've got your six pillars um, there. You could always add more, but I think those are the six ones that I, I've um, been comfortable with over the years. And uh, again, you can put a few of them together. You could just focus on one aspect um, and the the importance of any of the pillars changes based on what's going on. Obviously, with Russia and Ukraine right now, we've got a macro that is pretty obvious and um, it has a lot of different components to it. It's not just one thing. There's a lot of systemic problems that that come out of this. So uh, fasten your seatbelts, guys. This is going to be an interesting year. And uh, a couple you know, years. With, with China and Taiwan, if, if China is going to take Taiwan, I know that the stage is kind of being a little bit disrupted for that because of uh, observing what what the consequences are here with uh, with Putin. Uh, but if they were going to take Taiwan, it would happen between. Rob, we got that. We, we, that we're getting into a whole nother can of worms. There. Oh, no, wait. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're listening. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted six pillars of trading. I didn't want. Uh, it's 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 yeah. 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 One of the pillars no, is Rob, you're, so you're not going to see me at 1030 today. No, uh, real quick. Rob and I do our pre-market prep with stock odds at 1030. Rob talks about his setups from the previous night and uh, what's trading during the day. So join me there on uh, premarketprep.com at 10.30. Uh, Rob Friesen, head of Bright Trading, uh, one of Dennis's statistical mentors. And yeah, uh, I've learned a lot from Rob. Relationships. Yeah. He's the relationship yep. master relationship right there, guy. Rob. And, uh, and he's got the stats behind it. Stockodds.net. He's got the stats behind yeah, it. Yeah, and uh, we're, gonna, we're, we're in the process of building a, a young army of traders. So uh, join us at 10.30. Thanks a lot, Rob. You're welcome. All right. All right. Thanks, Rob. Bye. All right. Uh, I, I want to ask y'all a, a trivia question, uh, a ner nerdy trivia question here. So uh, I, I just saw this morning before we hopped on that I sh that the New York Stock Exchange suspended trading in the iShares Russia ETF. Uh, it's a symbol on that one. Uh, ERUS. ERUS. Too okay. many of these Russian ETFs. E e e ERUS yesterday closed. Uh, it closed at... Uh, um, well, actually, I, don't, I, I took it off my screen. So, but it closed at a premium to NAV. Okay, uh, RSX is still trading. How are they even calculating now? Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> this is my question for you. RSX yesterday closed at five seventy nine. Does anybody no. want to guess what the net asset value of RSX is? According Negative. to the Van, Van Eck website. How how do you know though? Like there's the stocks aren't open that are in there. So how are they even? They're just ballparking and guessing it. Kind of yes, but you yeah, want to totally. you guess so nobody knows even what the NAV is. But what is it? What is, what are they calculating? It Eighty nine cents. 
89 cents. And it's closed at $5.79. That's what they're calculating it at. But we don't know because the stocks are closed. Half the yeah. holdings in there are closed. Come on, Dennis. So, do your art, buddy. Get in yeah. there. Yeah, well, you can't. You can't, Arbit, because you can't sell the stocks. You can't, you know. <laughs> 89 cents. It's just a ballpark throw-out number. There's no way. You can't. Not, they're not open. So, okay. You can price whatever you want. My point in bringing this up is there is a greater than 0% chance that RSX is halted today. I just want everyone to know that. So be careful if you're in that. Because and our USL has not been halted yet either. It's not going to USL is two bucks. It's now. not going to halt. It's going to liquidate in, in next week. It's uh, like Monday. Oh yeah, they're just yeah. liquidating. Yeah, well, how are they selling anything when they haven't opened? Um, I don't know how the swaps work on that when you don't I have anything to price off. Of. It messes everything up. Now. I also don't know how that works. No, uh, they don't have a playbook for like closing down exchanges forever and then trying to get out of your swaps and everything. I'm assuming I didn't look how Russell, but I'm assuming that's how it's built. But I don't know. Wow, what a mess! Uh, March 16th. What a mess! Mess, um, mess, mess. Yeah, mess BNZ was asking a question that Joel also was wondering, which is. Dennis, have you been trading the selling balances or the buying balances, the closing imbalances? I'm always cognizant to where they are on the close, especially on the third Friday of the month, which is the wild day. Um, but I'll tell you, like, it used to be like, oh, what are the imbalances? It used to be really relevant information that was going to move stocks. But again, those numbers come out at 350. But yeah. they start coming out on the floor at two o'clock. Yeah. So every informed trader, I mean, you can subscribe. There's different ways to to the early feed through Rosenblatt's got a feed too. So retail traders, even you know, every high frequency traders, everybody's got that information well before the published feed at three fifty. So yeah. I mean, you see the numbers at three fifty, you're like, whoa, yeah, there's good opportunity here, but it's already been kind of priced in. Exactly. So I think you start seeing moves, you know, after two two thirty in one mm -hmm. direction or the other direction. And it's probably a lot to do. With, do we have a lot of buy or sell, you know, imbalances on the close? But with that being said, there's so much headlines, there's so much chop, you know, a lot of it's just momentum from the day. I mean, volumes are higher. It's just a crazy market right It's now. almost like a contrarian too. I mean, it's because I, 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 I don't see the two o'clock ones, but I see these three fifty moves, and it just seems that. I mean, also like even a couple billion. I mean, you know, can't someone come off and offset? I mean, it's you know. It, so easily offset. They right? are all offset. Yeah. It so it's like. that's why it's an embed. You know, it's a great, yeah. It used yeah, to be a great, yeah, you know, exactly. edge. Looking at the imbalances, they used to come out at 340. You look it's at those, crazy. And like, yeah. boom. And then all of a sudden, oh, we got some moves. Oh, there's big buyers in this thing. And this stock's going to go. I mean, it's just not like that anymore. They're, you know, played around with to a certain extent as well. I'm not going to say gamed, but it almost feels like it sometimes. Yeah, it does. And there's just so many institutions, like, you know, like sitting on the floor, and they're waiting until the last, you know, minute to offset, and they're like, okay, it's showing 100000 to sell. I need to buy 200000 I'm going to wait, let it come into me. And then they go, boom, buy them. And then all, all of a sudden, 100000 <laughs> to sell is 100000 to buy, and it catches everybody and goes the other way. So the imbalances Tough. just aren't what they used to be. That's it. That's what I was. Uh, that's what I was thinking. Uh, all right. Well, we did get to, to do many tickers. Is do you want to do? Uh, do you want to do one here before? Sure. Uh, all right. Let's just do. Up? I just. I just looked up and saw someone mention Goodyear Tire. So that's, Goodyear Tire. So that's the one I saw. So that's the one that we're doing. Boring pick for our one ticker of the day. Hey, sorry. I guess you want to open. I'm sorry to pick on your stock. It's value, man. There. Uh, my buddy is Ross it? is it in this one. And uh, well, he retired from there. Good thing. Uh, whatever happened on that day, uh, going back, what in happened February, on that day? I, I That's a good know. question. On that 11th, that was, that was yeah. 
Is that earnings? Uh, I don't know what it was. That was even earnings. before Russia. Um, was, uh, well, I, it, yes, it was earnings. It was earnings is what it wow. was. Wow. It's trying to find support. That's all I can say. Three yeah. lows in the same area, 1450 must hold at 1447 so it's not really holding it's so hard to reverse this trend though. yeah stocking it down trend you caught every trader from the earnings report now i have all the people saying oh yeah we got a bottom here we're gonna try to pick this bottom and then it takes up 14 and then it's at 12 in your face so i mean i don't follow the company close enough obviously i know what they do but i don't follow the, you know from numbers perspective on this but i'll just say when you get a big hammer like that like the, the, the hard to get out hammer yeah. them down off an earnings report then it's going to get consolidation. You often get a follow-through move. So I'd be more inclined to not be long this. Joel, do you want to sing sing the Goodyear jingle for us? Uh, is there a, is there a Goodyear hey, jingle? Isn't it like Goodyear, Goodyear? No? No, I don't, I don't, I don't know I that, that up? I mean, I mean, All right, I'm going to hop off here. I got, uh, I got Sean coming on. It's He's going to be talking <laughs> some tech stocks uh, on uh, Pre-Market Prep Plus. And uh, Spencer, I'll see you downtown a little bit. Right, and, uh, yeah, I'll make the drive. I'm going to have to fill up my tank, so I better uh, bring a couple credit cards with me. You, you might have uh, to. All right, talk to you guys a little bit. All right, uh, I'm going to bring on Ryan Fluna on now. I have to get ready for Benzinga's All Access show, which we do every every Friday at 9.15 a.m. So I'm going to bring on Ryan, who's going to share his charts for us and welcome to see what he's watching this morning. Ryan, good morning, man. Good morning, Spencer. How's it going? It's going. It's going. The question of the day is, uh, will we close – my question of the day, will we close green for the week or not? Nah? Because uh, we that's are your, huh? So you're saying that's your question of the day? Is that I, is that what you're trying I mean, to put this off as? What's your question? I don't know what your question. Well, I every every week, uh, every week I run a poll on my Twitter that asks the group, um, are we going to close flat, higher, or uh, lower for the next yeah. week? So yeah. I don't really think this is your question. I think you straight up stole it from. Uh, you. But that's another story. Perfect. I'll answer the question regardless. So uh, first of all. Um, the the uh, our group, the group that voted in this, the 521 votes, they said we were going to close higher this week. That's this will, wait, we, I'm sorry, this was on a Monday. When was this? I post these every Friday for the week ahead. Oh, this is so. This is last Friday. Yeah. So, but okay. so here's the interesting part about this. Uh, and actually, someone from our group mentioned this right away. It turns out that sentiment actually follows price. And of course, not the other way around. Um, we were up last week. And so the sentiment was that we were going to be up this week. Uh, and, and going back, the sentiment seems to um, uh, follow the price. So it's just, it's a really interesting, really interesting experiment that I've been doing. And I'm going to look for another one today. I'm actually going to post another one of these. Today. All right. At Ryan All right. Let's go well, ahead and take a look. Let's go to the pro. We'll bring up your watch list. I have to hop off, though, because i got to get ready for our next show. I'm going to leave you guys in Ryan's very capable hands. So be nice. Be nice, everyone. Mitch is out today. He'll be back on Monday. Be nice to Ryan. This is Ryan's on every day, live trading, Monday through Thursday at normally. So this is your, your, your extra dose of Ryan. So, Ryan, the floor is yours. 
All right. Well, I extra dose of Ryan. I hope you all can handle that. We're going to go through some charts. I'd be happy to take some uh, questions here from the chat. I did see a couple of tickers thrown out there. So we'll go ahead and roll through them just to kind of answer the question here. Here's a look at the spy weekly chart. Um, looks like we're real, real close here. My bet would be that we actually close down today. I just maybe that's the sentiment of the pre-market. Don't really know. It feels a little heavy today. Feels like today is going to be a little ugly. So I would guess that we're going to end up closing down. Um, for a longer term view here, my view pretty much follows this triangle. I, I think what the SPY is going to do is end up going back and forth and we're going to trade down into this triangle. So I, I hope to find support somewhere between 384 and 400. The line here says 398. Let's just call it 400. Hoping to find some support in that area and we will probably follow this downtrend. Uh, the keen observer will uh, will see that we did actually pop above this trend line just a couple of times. Um, but that the we only had one close above that trend line and it was immediately rejected the following day. So to me, I actually think we're going to make a move towards 400 on the SPY, maybe even a little bit lower before we hopefully find some footing. We'll see. A lot of unpredictability, a lot of uncertainty with the conflict in Europe. Really, really terrible stuff out there. So we'll see where the, the market actually goes. We'll try to make sense of it on a regular basis. Now, um, we're going to talk about a couple of the charts that I'm going to be watching. If you've never seen me prepare for the day or, or anything like that, the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to go through some of the movers. I am a long bias trader. So in, in environments like this, it can sometimes be a little bit difficult. There simply isn't enough moves or the upside moves are very, very short lived and immediately sold into really important that you know, the environment that you're trading in. So a couple of the, I go to the movers tool here. I select gainers pre-market session, and I'm just looking at all of the stuff that's going to gap up the big one here that jumps off, uh, the jumps off the page here is Indo. This is one that we have actually been trading on live trading and also talking about on the happy hour program for what feels like a couple of weeks now, really since this thing started. So maybe just over a week. Um, this is just a low float uh, oil stock. I would never hold this overnight, but this is actually made for some pretty good day trades, as you can see here. And basically what we're just looking for here is sentiment reversals, where it finds support, and we hope that it repeats that process. So I suspect with another gap up here, uh, this stock will be in play. Looking at this right now, I'm going to go ahead and add a horizontal line right here at the top. Let's call it 2525. Um, I think if we break above that, we could really see some fireworks, but we'll see. Looking through the rest of this list here, I got a couple of other ones that look like they're going to gap up. These are just basically penny plays. I uh, probably wouldn't play these on my own. Nothing really else crazy from this list. I do have a couple of others. Let me flip over to my chart tab here. I do have a couple of others that we want to take a look at. Here's BBVT. Uh, this, this is a stock that uh, had a huge day or a huge day. What was it yesterday? Um, no, gapped up yesterday morning and then made for a pretty good trade in the afternoon. So I know we're gapping down today. The object here is I want to see if this actually gets some more action. This is another really low price stock here. I want to see if we can actually trade back up to where we were at yesterday and then see if we can approach some of those highs. Unsure if that'll end up happening. One of the other uh, tickers here that's a little bit more interesting here is Foot Locker, right? So Foot Locker, we're about to enter a huge gap. It looks like the lows are put in. 
So we'll see if we end up trading into this gap. Maybe we get some type of action today. This is one of the things I'll be watching. Um, we're currently at 31. In all honesty, I'd be looking at about 31.70 to 32 for this to really get ignited. That's footlocker. Um, one of the other charts that I'm looking at, LPCN. This is liposine. This is another really low price stock, just a dollar forty forty two here. Uh, this looks like this is actually trying to to break out of this area right in here. So 150 is probably going to be the spot, maybe 152, 153. Let's take a look at the level two when it opens and find out where those sellers are. And then the last one here is going to be Riggle. This is R-I-G-L. Uh, this is another one here that this actually looks like it's broken away, right? So if I take a, if I just kind of draw like a, a trend line here, it looks like we've actually broken that trend. We're now trading above the 500 day moving average. And it looks like we're trying to make a run at the 200 day moving average, which is about 335, currently at 305 today. So as far as some of the smaller cap, easier stocks to trade uh, or smaller price stocks, these are kind of what I'm watching. I guess the only caveat in there is Foot Locker. And then of course, we want to look at some of the other um, more let's call them more popular uh, stocks. I saw someone mention Boeing in the chat earlier. So we'll start with Boeing here. Um, this is a real interesting one. Uh, obviously, I think that with, with the conflict going on, uh, any stock that has exposure to like defense spending, military defense, anything like that uh, might be a decent safe haven. Now, Boeing has that, but Boeing has obviously the commercial aviation side, which is um, not as strong as it should be here. Now, it does look like we're at some pretty good support. I'd actually trade this against 180 if I was trying to swing this. Um, if I was using options, I might be a little bit uh, tighter on the stops there. But hopefully here, uh, Boeing can actually break this downtrend that we've been in really since uh, look, March of 2021. Uh, it's certainly not going to do that today. We'll see if there's any action in here. I don't know if you guys have any sentiment on, on Boeing. Um, we'll see where this ends up going. Now, from the other side, if we end up breaking this, I think you might be able to get a short here. I really like Boeing as a company. I would never really want to hold this short for too long. But intraday, if we're looking for some for some different trades here, uh, Boeing to the short side might be might be a feasible one today. I'm going to go through the chat here and see if there are any other stocks that you guys were throwing out. Uh, Donk and Dave asking, Ryan, are you day trading UBXY? No, I don't day trade the VIX anymore. Uh, I've donated plenty of money to the VIX fund. I don't feel like doing that anymore. Um, looking down here, cyber. So I see uh, Creel Poles mentioning cybersecurity. Cybersecurity stocks, uh, definitely definitely good targets. We actually had some really good day trades this week on cybersecurity stocks. One of the lower priced ones, Siren here. So this is ticker CYRN. This actually made for a great day trading opportunity several days in a row. Um, the one thing that I'm watching with this conflict in Europe is that the more and more we hear about cyber attacks or escalation and things of that nature, I think some of these cyber security stocks are going to be more in focus. And I think uh, regular security and defense stocks might be more in focus. I think, you know, there's going to be um, a move to kind of protect our infrastructure here at home, even though the conflict is on another continent. So we'll see. These might be these might be some pretty good plays. I like anything in the cybersecurity uh, sector. Um, I'm going to give a. We're going to talk really quickly about IRNT. I suspect I'm going to get asked about it. I don't necessarily. This to me is more of a trader. I call this a pretender. This is not one of the stocks that I would want to hold in cybersecurity unless something changes here. However, as you can see here by these intraday one minute charts, this thing clearly presents opportunities to day trade during the course of the day. So again, I think that the cybersecurity stocks, 
have a, a habit of moving around quite a bit, especially in the conflict that we're in now. If you're looking for best in breed here, my favorite is going to be Palo Alto. Uh, let's go out to a day chart so you can really just marvel at this chart. This is something that I wish was in my IRA for the last decade. Things would be looking real good right now. Uh, Palo Alto, best in breed here. Uh, they've always done a really good job. I expect this to continue to move higher, uh, especially if cybersecurity stays in focus. Another one, another one here that might be worth watching is going to be Sentinel One. Uh, this chart not nearly as pretty. It uh, does look like we found some support here at about 35.75. So we'll see if we can actually uh, make a move back up. Looks like we have kind of a near-term downtrend here. So I'd actually like to see that trend broken so we can actually move to the upside. Uh, let me see if there were any other uh, stocks mentioned in here. Ah, Quart is you're mentioning AMBA. So this is not cybersecurity. This is a chip stock. Uh, AMBA got absolutely destroyed the other day. The thing here about AMBA is I actually think we're trading into a support zone. Now, the chip stocks are going to be are going to be difficult to trade. Uh, obviously, the supply chain stuff is going on as well as the conflict right now. I know Joel and, and Dennis were, were just uh, talking kind of about the move into Taiwan. That is a whole other separate conversation that we simply don't have time for. Um, but in any, in any case, uh, Amberella, this is actually a, a really good company. Um, you can see it's it's cut more than cut in half from its highs, um, but it seems like this is at a decent support zone. I would not be willing to swing this right now, but just keep in mind where you are a little bit below the 500 day moving average into a support area here. I think if you really believed in this or wanted this long-term, now might be an all right time. All right, let me go. Let me go through here again. I see someone mentioning Baba. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna look at those. I don't. Um, I would not advise. I would not advise trading those. Never been my thing. Um, a lot of uncertainty with Chinese stocks, even more now with with them kind of being friendly with Russia. So I would just kind of pass pass on that. I know you guys were talking about wheat, right? W e a t. The so this is this is interesting. My happy hour group was all over this. We had actually created a grains watch list several days prior to some of these big moves. Um, didn't actually trade these myself. I don't have a handle on this commodity. I preach that you should really trade what you know, and this is not something that I know very well, so I end up not trading it. Really unfortunate because the moves in this have been absolutely incredible. Um, the one thing that's got me concerned here when I look at something like this is, are you chasing green candles, right? My, one of my big rules in trading is do not chase. If you chase, you will be punished eventually. So I just make it a habit to not chase. And when I look at a, a a daily chart like this, and I look at a formation like this, it absolutely feels like chasing. So the way that I would talk about uh, trading this would be pretty much just intraday. I'd keep a very, very tight stop and I'd wait for it to enter my price area. I, I would want to, I'd want to see the stock come in first, hold, and then bounce. That's my favorite trading setup to kind of minimize my downside. Um, the, I know, I think Ukraine is a, one of the biggest producers of wheat or, or something like that. We get 20% of our, I can't remember exactly what the stat is, uh, shame on me, but um, really, really important, the the cost of, of, of wheat going up. And then the, you know, the cost of some of the other metals like palladium uh, also going up. So those would be stocks to watch as well. I'm um, going to take a look at the chat here and see if there are any more. 
uh, Mullen, this is uh, Mullen. What's this at? I know this had an absolutely wild day the other day. Um, was back under a buck. To me, again, this is another one of these low price stocks. Feels like a pretender, although it does look like it's trying to hold in here. I would trade this against maybe 85, 86 if you're going to end up taking this. I don't. I think we would need some type of gigantic volume or catalyst to really make one of those runs that one of these outsized runs that we've seen before. I don't really think that we get that. I think you might have better opportunity elsewhere. But nonetheless, if you are going to trade this, maybe trade this against 88, uh, 88, 87. Keep the stop real tight there. Don't get yourself in trouble. Um, all right. You guys want to take a look at a U.S. Steel. This is a good one, right? So the steel stack. So the um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the plays that I'm really into right now is going to be infrastructure. I think this is actually somewhere where you can kind of hide your money for right now. So um, uh, I, I'm I'm a big fan of any of the infrastructure stocks. Uh, I know X, this is kind of the same deal we just talked about. This is would be chasing green candles. I'd actually wait for this to kind of come in and sell before buying it just to try and get a better entry. Uh, if you're worried about this just taking off and going, maybe just don't take a full position here. Take a, a little bit of a reduced position. Um, so to me, I don't know. The, a, a lot of these infrastructure stocks, these seem like good places to, to, to park your money. I know that there's a carve out in the infrastructure bill. We are going to be doing that spending. So these stocks seem like a pretty good bet. Um, that should be it for us. I, I know the Spencer only brought me on for 15 minutes. Uh, not really not that much, not enough time. We'll see how this market plays out. I uh, hope you all have a great day. Stay safe, stay green, and then have a great weekend. Thanks, folks. I guess I'm still on. Enver, are you around? Are you 